Good morning, everyone. It's an honour to be able to share from God's Word on this beautiful day. You can tell spring is upon us, can't you? First of all, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the morning teams, which have been coming together every Sunday morning to be able to bring church online to you, uh, particularly those in the background for uh, whether it's Karen or whether it's Sandra, uh, Dan, Marty, Mark, Luke, Reuben, a lot of the guys in the background, but also everyone out the front. We just want to say thank you for what you're doing each and every week to be able to encourage us through singing. Also, again, to Chris, who's been faithfully bringing to us the Word of God every week and reminding us that even though, even though we are uh, not meeting in a church building, we are the church. And so let's uh, dig straight into God's Word this morning. Music is a powerful tool, isn't it? As, as Christians, King David knew that and wrote many songs along with a lot of the other psalmists. King Solomon knew it. He learnt from his dad. Moses knew it. He sang a victory song after the crossing of the Red Sea. Mary knew it. She broke into song with, after the news of her pregnancy. The angels know it. They sing before the throne room and one day we'll get to join with them. And I know it. Why? Well, because we all know that songs can get into your head and they can linger and they can be useful when it comes to spiritual warfare in our everyday life. What is a favourite or um, common Christian song that enters your head regularly or a hymn on your spiritual battles? Why don't you even share it in the comments section right now as um, I'm speaking of, of a particular song which is just constantly in your head. For me, I, I mean, I have songs going around in my head all the time, but uh, for me, the song that was in my head preparing for this message was the song, I Want to See Jesus Lifted High. Do you know it? It's starting to go in your head already. I want to see Jesus lifted high, a banner that flies across this land, that all men might know the truth and know that he is the way to heaven. And then, you know, constantly goes, you know, step by step, we're moving forward, little by little, gaining ground, because every prayer is a powerful weapon. I want to see Jesus lifted high. It's a great song. It's been going around in my head all week. But why is it that all the corny songs are the ones which end up being in our head all the time? Um, don't know, but it's good. I want to see Jesus lifted high, that everyone knows the truth of the way to heaven. Well, in preparation for this message, that's been going in my head, um, and hopefully it's going to be in your head too, for those of you which have known this song previously. Let's open God's Word together. Ephesians chapter 4 we're speaking from today, and we're going to be just mainly focusing on verses 1 to 6. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Um, I join, I invite you to join with me. Ephesians chapter 4. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and is through all 
and in all. Let's pray. Jesus, I just pray that as we speak into this passage, that your Holy Spirit ministers to us. You would encourage us. You would grow in us a real desire to be closer to you in our everyday walk. Jesus, um, speak to us now, we pray. Amen. A movie has come out recently, which uh, Brett and Kim Galloway put me on to last week on um, Apple TV+. Plus. Um, it's called Greyhound. It's a war movie about old battleships or warships uh, versing German U-boats or submarines. It uh, takes place in World War II in the Atlantic Ocean um, about the protection of three naval destroyer warships. I'm taking this from the um, International Database of Movies. Uh, tasked with the job of protecting a group of ships with supply from America to England. The commander on the ship um, of the boat, which is at the front, called the Greyhound, is played by Tom Hanks. And he plays the character, the US Navy commander, Ernest Krauss. And the story focuses on his command responsibility as he fights cold, relentless nights, the brutal sea, and deep fatigue as he's chasing down attacking submarines in a deadly game of cat and mouse to try and get the fleet to safety to England. What that story zooms in on, however, is how his character is shaped by the Christian faith. And I found myself challenged and encouraged by this film, seeing a story give example, just like scripture tells us, to love God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind and all your strength, and to love your neighbor as you love yourselves. The movie begins with Tom Hanks just simply kneeling beside his bed and praying, asking the Lord for guidance for the days ahead. Sees him praying humbly and faithfully at every meal and utterances under his breath, asking God for wisdom as he makes big decisions throughout. And then the movie finishes. Um, it fades out to see Tom Hanks once again bending his knee at his bedside before going to sleep, completely exhausted, giving thanks for God's provision over that last period of time. Christian integrity, humble leadership, and reliance on God at every move. That was a fantastic movie. It was fictional, but it was a great story to be able to compare the greater truth of what it means to walk daily as a Christian. And that's really what today's passage is all about. Walking in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. What's this calling? Well, 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children... We are heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. The calling of, um, that is referred to in Ephesians is talking about a calling into the kingdom of God. It's to be part of Christian family. It's to be God's children. It's to enter into a life where you are consciously pursuing God as your king, your heavenly father, king over your life. And we need to step into that calling. You might have heard us say here at 
Raymond Terrace Community Church, what is your next step or um, the pathway in which we go through in the Christian journey of connecting and being one for Christ and then being built up and training and then sending um, that pathway of which we journey into spiritual maturity. It starts off with curiosity at first, asking questions about the Christian faith, then taking step into accepting Christ as your saviour, repenting from your sinful lifestyle and pursuing God's lifestyle. Your next step might then be as a new Christian, learning more about God, reading his word, praying and choosing to be getting baptised in obedience of Jesus. And we've had some baptisms waiting. Springs come. That's going to be happening really soon in one of our gatherings. Watch out for that. And then your next step would be committing to being a part of a small group or a core group to start growing with other Christians and to start serving alongside other Christians. You start growing. Over time, you begin to take steps to be encouraging other people to be responding to the change in your life and leading them gently towards Jesus, sharing about him and and seeking ways to show Jesus as the way and the truth and the life to all of your friends, to your family, to your colleagues, wherever you go. The Christian life is about taking steps into maturity of relationship with Jesus. In Ephesians 4, today's passage breaks it down in these next few verses, quite simply. So let's read it again. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling, children of God, into which he has been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you are called to, the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, sorry, of all who is over all and through all and in all. When we respond to God's call to be his child, we are committing to a life that is worthy of him as king of our life. So let's break it down. It says, in with all humility, taking steps into humility. It's not something that we naturally do, is it? Our sinful desire is to be recognized in life. We deserve it. We worked hard. You should see what I've done. No one cares about me. I want to be recognized for everything that I do. Humility, though, is about seeking only one recognition, and that is your king. It's to be able to see Jesus recognized in your life above your selfish ones. Humility is letting go of yourself and saying, I want to be more like Jesus. Humility starts with a daily reminder that we have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You know, that's quite different, isn't it, to what it's like for someone who's not walking as a child of God. Uh, Have a look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. If I was to read this here, Ephesians 4, 17, let me find it. Now, I say this and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do or as those which don't know Jesus. In the futility of their minds, they're darkened in their understanding, 
alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that's in them due to the hardness of heart. And then it talks about what that sort of lifestyle's like. Seeking sensuality, greedy to practice every sort of impurity. But that's not the way that we've learnt. As a child of God, we want to be living a life of putting Jesus first over our own desires. And it can only go well for all who um, interact with us when we do so. Humility starts with the daily reminder that we've all sinned and fall short. We're not better than anyone else. In actual fact, Jesus has reminded us very clearly that he came for the whole world. And we have the honor of recognizing that and we want to share that with others. We're not better than anyone, but we do know the way and the truth and the life and we want to share that. Humility. Then gentleness. Ephesians 4.32, another one of those corny songs that can go in your mind. Um, God says, be kind to one another. You know the song I'm talking about? God says, be kind to one another. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts honour Christ the Lord as holy and always be prepared to make a defence for anyone who asks you for the reason, for the hope that is in you. Yet do so with gentleness and respect. We need to be gentle with our interactions with other people, both brothers and sisters in Christ, but especially to the world that we, um, we are showing God's love for them by the way we treat them. And then patience and bearing with one another in love. So we are now zeroing in on what it's like to be interacting with fellow believers, to be loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. Love is self-sacrificing. We all know the love chapter in 1, 30, 1 Corinthians 13, don't we? Love is patient and is kind. Love doesn't envy or boast. It's not arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. That's what it means to be having patience and to be bearing with one another in love. And then he continues that by talking about unity. And we see that all the way through the rest of this chapter. And Paul writes a lot about unity, doesn't he? Even the love chapter in 1 Corinthians 13 is talking about Jesus and the church and how love is demonstrated in unity, how we collectively together as the bride of Christ walk beside him. Psalm 133 says, How good it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. There is a saying that uh, we all know, it's not, it's not a Christian saying, it's just a saying which is culturally um, uh, well known, that a family that plays together stays together. And we could adapt it. We could say a family that prays together stays together. A family that works together. It's this interaction and mingling with one another and bearing with one another with gentleness, patience, and respect and love. If you were to read the rest of Ephesians, you'll see these connections of walking into, be, into maturity to be a journey of doing that together with other Christians as part of that maturing process. God's making it pretty clear throughout Scripture that the Christian life isn't designed to be walking this alone. He wants you to be part of a local 
group of people journeying together. And that's an example, a city on a hill, as a representation of what it's like to have Jesus in your life. Ephesians 5, 15 to 21, for example, says this, Look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't get drunk with wine, for that's debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit and address one another in psalms and in hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's not a solo journey. It's a journey together to bring glory to Jesus. Scripture is clear that church is God's idea. And we're not talking about a building, are we? We're talking about the people who call Jesus Lord. To be the children of God, be part of his kingdom. Kingdom children. We're all heirs to this king. And so she would demonstrate a culture together of what the king's like. A praying family together. You know the Lord's Prayer when asked how we should pray? Our Father in heaven, holy or worthy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And he's not using a, just a royal we. He's saying when he says, give us today our daily bread. It's again a collective conversation together saying, God, in our lives, we want your will to be done. Unity. Jesus is our faith not to be a personal faith, but one which is lived out with other brothers and sisters in Christ. So we need to take steps in a manner that is representative of all the, of the kingdom that we belong to. Loving God with all our heart and loving our neighbours as we love ourselves. Just on a, at this place, pause and just have a bit of a gentle reminder that this passage that Paul's giving, it's not just a pep talk to the pastoral team of the Ephesians church, but it's to everyone. So it's not just to the pastoral team of Raymond Terrace Community Church this morning that I'm speaking to. I'm speaking to everyone who calls Raymond Terrace Community Church home or for anyone indeed watching this online and is um, pondering the question, what does it mean to be God's children, to belong to his kingdom? God's designed the church to be an organism that looks out for one another. It's not just a pastoral team job to do. It's an everyone's job to do. One of the best ways we say if you want to be cared for is to be belonging to a core group. But core group or not, it's about us looking out for one another. So if you see a brother or a sister who's struggling, you want to step forward and work out and ask how you can be journeying with them to be helping them. You see someone who's struggling in their faith, you want to come along beside them and remind them that they are God's children and not to be walking in darkness but to be walking in the light, worthy of the calling that they've been given. God's church is an organism to be looking out for one another and drawing attention to Jesus. So if you're not in a core group, then again, I encourage you to do so. 
if you are in a core group, just a quick reminder that your core group leaders need your help too. They need you to be looking after them also. The pastoral team, we need your prayer. We need you looking out for us as much as we are mandated to be caring and to be leading you. Taking steps into the calling that God has for you is the steps in direction of looking out. The Christian faith is not a me lifestyle. It's an us lifestyle. So, take a step into humility. Recognize your pride and unworthiness. And thank God for dying on the cross for you. Intentionally put into practice humility, gentleness and love and unity. Recognizing that we are all sinful and selfish and self-centered and unworthy. But God's grace through Christ gives us an identity as his child. An heir in the kingdom. And he gives us through his spirit the power to be living lives worthy of that calling. Take a step into gentleness. Take a step into faith, into patience. Take a step into bearing with one another in love. Are you living a life which is worthy that you have received from God? Are your friends, if they were asked, would they be able to see that Jesus is at the center of your life? You've made him king. Is your life exhibiting the qualities that reflect that worthiness? Are you seeking others' attention to build yourself up? Or are you wanting to bring attention to Jesus? Are you able to control your emotions and desires? Are you genuinely caring for others around you? Are your words and attitudes bringing people together? Or are they divisive? When we respond to God's call to be his child, we are committing to a life which is worthy of him. So finally, finally wrapping up. These steps are not steps that we ourselves, we say, you know, step into and make a, 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 to the calling that is given to us. If we were to do that, we could be like what it was recognized amongst the, the religious followers of Jesus' day. And they're going, look at me. Look how much I'm walking. Look at each step I'm taking. Aren't I so good? And that would be completely missing the point, isn't it? We're taking steps as a response of what Jesus has already done for me. And Paul makes that clear, doesn't he? Right at the very beginning of this passage, which we read, he said, I therefore urge you. And we know in scripture, we've done this many times, that that's pointing to what he has just written just before this passage in Ephesians 3. So let's read that. Ephesians 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, just like that Tom Hanks representation in that movie, of whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he can grant you to be strengthened with power, through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you can be filled with the fullness of God. Now unto him, 
who is able to do far more abundantly than we can ask or think, according to the power at work in us to bring him glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. Do you see that? Because of what Jesus has done in us, because of the Holy Spirit living in us, he is equipping us and enabling us to go step by step. We're moving forward. Little by little, we're taking ground. Every prayer is a powerful weapon and strongholds come tumbling down. We recognize that our steps that we take should be pointing towards an incredible saviour. And we are part of a magnificent kingdom as children together in the kingdom. So let's as a church see Jesus lifted high. Let's as a church be representing the kingdom as a banner that flies high in this land so that all can know the truth that he's the way to heaven. We want to see Jesus lifted high. The collective, people walking together. So, are you walking? Are you walking worthy of the calling? Maybe recently you've stopped walking. Maybe you're actually taking steps backwards. Don't let this period of life with COVID and no Sunday morning gatherings slow you down. Take the next step. Adjust. Tighten your shoelaces. Things have changed. Different types of um, scenarios and scenery going on. So put on some new clothes and adjust to the new terrain which is before you. And with your church family, take the next step. What is the next step that you need to take which is worthy of the calling that you've been called? I'm going to finish off by just saying, maybe there's some people online at the moment have been listening to this and what it means to be children of God, but they've not actually taken the first step. That first step of um, that curiosity starting to dwell in you and just going, I want to be part of God's kingdom. But Tim, you've been sharing that that starts with all humility and recognizing that I'm not good enough. And Paul said, that it's actually through what Jesus has done by his grace and mercy that we can even call ourselves children of God. Well, the Bible tells us that for everyone who calls on his name will be saved. For all who believe, to them he gave the right to be children of God. Maybe this morning is the beginning of your steps walking forward into the kingdom. You need to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. Jesus, I need you to take that sin away from me. I want to receive new life by your Holy Spirit so that I might enter in to a right relationship with you. Put me together with a church family that helps me to take the next step and to walk forward into the calling of God's kingdom as children. Let me pray. Jesus, I'm so thankful that this journey that we're doing is not based on our own merit. But we take each step because of the merit of what Jesus has done for us already. And you've given us the Holy Spirit to be able to take each next step in the power of the Holy Spirit and not ourselves. You made the church to be so that together, collectively, 
we are your ambassadors. We are your representatives. So Lord, as a church, Raymond Terrace Community Church, and to all the believers listening to this online, we say, God, we want to see your name lifted high. And we want to be bearing with one another in love and to be seen with all humility and gentleness and patience and having unity and that your love shines through everything we do. So Jesus, this morning, we want to take the next step. We want to walk in the path that you have made straight for us with perseverance, God. We say thank you. Amen.